Hello and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith. I'm a licensed physical therapist that's been practicing in Naples, Florida for the last 10 years, helping both individuals with orthopedic and neurological physical ailments. It's been a, a nice week down here in Naples. It's starting to get back to what we expect weather-wise here in town with 60 to 70 degree weather and sunny days again. We've had some weird rain and overcast recently, but it's nice to see our normal weather pattern return again here. Uh, glad that I had an opening on my schedule today to sit down and do a little talking to all of you. Um, thought I would go into a fun topic of exercise-based uh information today. So something new that I've added in my office about a month ago that's been kind of a trial and error process so far is utilizing a new uh, technology when it comes to strength training. So I kind of think it's interesting when we look at a lot of things in life, you know, look at your cell phone, look at your car, look at your television, like how advanced technology has become in some categories. It's, it's fascinating how beneficial this technology has become in our lives and how dependent we are on it. Uh, you know, sometimes it's great when it works. Sometimes it's not great when it doesn't work and can be very frustrating. Um, and I've always wondered why in the workout world our technology advances in terms of metrics and, and, and other database systems that could be very beneficial for tracking progress with exercise training really haven't taken off. Um, I can still go to the gym now and see individuals with notebooks in their hands, writing down reps, sets, workout routines. I see, you know, in many workout facilities, just a dry erase board used as the uh, informative part to what the exercise will be entailing. And I kind of feel like we're, we're, we're working out in the 1950s still. You know, where are the new advances with all the new science that's out regarding how we strengthen our bodies, how we improve from injuries faster? Um, I've always felt that there's, there is a, uh, a, a, a place in this mix for technology to advance and to streamline and to make what we're doing for rehab, what we're doing for training, what we're doing for strength in our bodies to also involve technology to help us get the most optimal benefits from our workouts. And that's where I wanted to go with today's podcast. We're in the new age of strength training and the new age of strength training should incorporate blood flow restrictive training. It's something that you may have heard of before. It's starting to get more rounds online in terms of its use and uh, its application is becoming more widely accepted. I always find it interesting that it's got to start with the pros and then work their way down to the collegiate level, to the high school level. And I can tell you I'm seeing it now on a large scale in the sports world, uh, collegiate, professional, and now high school levels here locally in Naples. There's starting to be a little bit more advancement towards this technology with strength training. So BFR, what is it? So BFR stands for blood flow restrictive training. Um, BFR is a technique that combines low intensity exercise with blood flow occlusion. What this combination does is it fools your muscle tissue into thinking that it's undergoing an extremely high intensity exercise training. Um, one of the issues I deal with commonly with my patient population is as 
prolonged injuries linger, um, they become hard to get fully over. The, the example I'll give you is I strained my back lifting something 10 years ago and every so often I feel that discomfort again. It's almost like it's a sleeping giant that just wakes its ugly head from time to time and lets you know it's there. Um, a concern many patients have with me is they can get to the basics fine. They have a strength level that is acceptable to do basic level exercising. But once we start getting past the basics, the foundation, and I start trying to load them past a point of comfort, that's when injury issues seem to be more prevalent. And this isn't just with my exercise population. This is also going to be with fitness-based individuals as well. Um, I had a patient in here telling me that as long as she does an exercise with less than five pounds, she doesn't hurt herself. If she goes over five pounds, she always gets hurt. Um, these kind of injuries or limitations for load progression should not impact our workouts to the extent that they really do. Uh, many people I talk to that have bad shoulders, arthritis in their shoulders, or arthritis in their knees, are not willing to do certain weight-bearing exercises like squats or push-ups because they feel that that weight-bearing exercise, that load on the joint, is too much that causes a lot of joint discomfort. So it's an extremely challenging thing to look at a lot of individuals out there that wanna get in shape, that wanna get better fitness, that wanna get stronger, that wanna just feel better because they're not in the physical physique they wanna be in, uh, are not able to do it due to that blockade of intensity. It's an unfortunate reality that you need load for muscle hypertrophy. You have to have an external load on your body, otherwise you just won't get stronger. So when we look at what is muscle hypertrophy, muscle hypertrophy is a real fancy, nice way to talk about increasing the size of your muscles. So when I do a biceps flex, you wanna see that nice big old ball muscle right there. You don't wanna see this little strip of hardly anything. You want muscle hypertrophy. What goes along with increasing muscle bulk or the diameter of a muscle is you're gonna have an increase in strength. If you have larger and more muscle fibers contracting, it's gonna have more force production, which is gonna allow you to lift and do things with greater ease. When somebody is chronically hurt, I will tell you a huge chunk, I'm not gonna say the majority, but a huge chunk of individuals with chronic ailments, whether it be chronic back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, there is a weakness factor that is perpetuating the pain. I've seen it too many times in my career to say that that's not true. It is very difficult when somebody's in pain or hurts to do something to get them stronger. It, it, it's a back and forth, how do I get you stronger if doing this movement with weight hurts you? There is a technologically advanced way to do it now. We load you very lightly, that is tolerable, with blood flow occlusion. Therefore, met metabolically and chemically tricking your muscle tissue into thinking that you've loaded it extremely heavily. So the whole processes that go into muscle hypertrophy ramp up with the BFR, but that load that's always hurt you in the past doesn't need to be there. So it's really great because, you know, the two primary factors we need for muscle hypertrophy are muscle tension, 
which is what we're talking about with load, adding a weight, adding something more than what the muscle's used to doing with just general movement of the body, as well as metabolic stress. Now, metabolic stresses can be due to hypoxia. So one thing when we look at metabolic stress with normal workouts, so if I'm on a bench press and I'm benching you know, weight and we're putting, let's say, 150, 175 pounds, something that's got some weight to it, as my muscles contract, tighten to move that weight off of my body, that tightness causes a constriction internally in the muscle that's contracting on your blood vessels. And that is a part of metabolic stress that occurs to the muscle as it's loaded. So in traditional workouts for muscle hypertrophy, you are getting a metabolic stress and you are getting tension load put on your muscles. What's beautiful about BFR is by using a, a, an occlusion, a blood flow occlusion, which is virtually the same thing as putting a blood pressure cuff on your extremity, it is giving you a metabolic stress due to the cuff, not due to the force of the muscle contraction in your body. But because there is a full metabolic stress, you still get the same hormone production, you still get the same metabolic processes that occur, but because we're not loading a tissue and causing metabolic stress via occlusion or hypoxia with the muscle contracting, it's an external cause, you don't deal with nearly the amount of soreness. And you don't need nearly the amount of load on the muscle to get that same chemical metabolic activity to occur. So it's a really, really fascinating, but yet super useful new technology to help progress your strength training, to progress how you physically feel, as well as to improve your natural hormone productions that may be limited as well. So when we look at an exercise with BFR, we're gonna do something at a low intensity, maybe 20 to 40%. A lot of BFR research tells you to keep it 20 to 30% of your one rep max weight total. Then with this low load, we're going to rep it out maybe 20 to 30 times. The intent with that rep out process is it's going to further perpetuate this metabolic challenge due to the blood pressure cuff on the extremity while you're working out. So you don't need to have 75% of your one rep max. So when we talk about a one rep max, let's just use bench press as an example because that's an easy exercise. Virtually everybody listening is gonna know what I'm talking about. So you're laying on your back on a bench press with a bar with weight on it and you're pushing it off your chest to straighten your arms out. There will be a certain amount of weight that you are unable to lift because it's too heavy. The weight you can lift right before that end point is what we consider your one, one repetition max. I can lift this one time and that is it. That is the strongest amount of weight you can push, the, the largest amount you can lift you would take a percentage of that number. So let's say for me, it's 200 pounds. 200 is my max bench press. Well, if I'm doing bench with the BFR, I am gonna go to 20 to 30% of that 200 pounds. So we're gonna talk about only needing 45 to 60 pounds. We're talking about I could bench out the bar with maybe a five or a 10 on each side. That's easy, but I'm gonna rep it out 30 times. So I'm still getting a load on the muscle. There's still a tax to the muscle working. There's extra weight it's got to push. But you're getting the internal uh, metabolic load that you would get from traditional weight training from the cuff itself. So you don't need to compress a muscle tissue to 100% max volitional contraction 
as you would with normal weightlifting to get that metabolic stress factor. It's already there because of the cuff on the, on, on the arm or the leg. So it's a really, really great way to do that. Now, when we look at exercise training, whether it be resistance training like I've just talked about or aerobic like cardiovascular training, whether it be running, biking, any of those kind of things, they both increase levels of human growth hormone. This hormone is responsible for increasing collagen synthesis. So it is a hormone. Human growth hormone is not intended to increase your strength. It is intended to aid and increase muscle recovery after an exercise. So it helps you rebuild what you've broken down. Uh, so it doesn't directly give you muscle hypertrophy, but it aids in muscle recovery and potentially the muscle strengthening process. Um, what about exercise training, whether it be cardio, like a running or a resistance training, how does these processes increase human growth hormone to help perpetuate a healing process? Well, it's based on lactate accumulation and hydrogen ions that are both me metabolic byproducts from exercise. So those two factors that increase HGH, human growth hormone, are both going to be more related to the metabolic stress aspect, the cuff physically being on the arm more so than the load you're putting on it. So human growth hormone has nothing to do with how much weight I can lift. It has a lot to do with what exercise am I doing? What damage am I doing? Which unfortunately the reality is we are damaging muscle, muscle tissue when we exercise and then we rebuild it and that's how we get muscle hypertrophy. So it's a breakdown build up process. Um, all of these are mainly improved based on the cuff themselves, not so much on what you're doing in the cuff. So you get a lot of benefit technologically just from this being on your arm while you're working out or just being on your leg while you're working out. You also have certain cells that are in your muscle and they are called myogenic stem cells. They're also known as satellite cells. They're all over our muscle tissue and they're normally uh, inactive. They don't really do much on a normal basis but they are turned on by, by muscle tissue injury. So just going back to what we were talking about with some of those metabolic byproducts being built up, stimulating human growth hormone for healing processes, well, these satellite cells or myogenic stem cells are doing something very similar. They are turned on by injury to muscle tissue, i.e. mechanically loading uh, this whole hypertrophy process stimulates these cells to turn on. And when you do that, they also heal, repair, and they can also grow new muscle fibers. So it's another layer of not only are we increasing the size of our muscle cells, but we're also increasing the number of them as well by doing this. So these are the processes that are going on in our body when we're exercising. When you're in the gym lifting weights, all the stuff I'm talking about with these hormones being produced, with metabolic chemical challenges, demands on muscle tissue taking place, this whole process is all intended to build you up stronger. With High intensity exercising, it does the same thing. But as I touched on before, not everybody can do that. You know, I just had a lady in here with severe arthritis in her knees that struggles to just play tennis, let alone do squats with load. She needs to strengthen her legs somehow to continue playing tennis. How are we going to do that? We're going to put BFR on her and we're going to do a very light exercise that she can tolerate without hurting her knee joints. And we're going to rep it out majorly to get all these metabolic processes ramped up 
for improving her tissue healing as well as improving her muscle mass growth process. So it, it's a really great add-on whether you're a high-intensity athlete or you're somebody that's been plagued with injuries and can't successfully get back to exercise due to the injured state. We can work with that. Um, so those are all great things to consider with BFR. I have found one of the most interesting aspects about BFR. Um, you feel muscle burn when you're doing this. Like it feels like you have exhausted yourself, but the next day you don't have that, that DOMS. You don't have that delayed onset muscle soreness to the same extent you would with your traditional weight training. So for the individual out there that is avoidant to resistance training because they haven't done it in a while and they're thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna be sore as hell if I do this. I haven't worked out in years. Guess what? We can do this training to start to, to kind of build up a baseline for you. And it, it actually shows in research it limits or it reduces muscle soreness because we are able to metabolically stimulate human growth hormone, satellite cells, uh, those various processes of tissue repair without damaging it so severely that it takes multiple days to finish the repair process. So it's great. You get a wonderful workout. It's actually something I've talked to some of my patients recently about as looking at doing BFR training on recovery days. So, you know, traditionally what I've told patients in the past before I've read into the BFR research, before I had the cuffs themselves in the office, I would tell patients when you load your limbs, whether it be arms or legs heavily, give yourself one to two days off after that for recovery. Um, now what I'm seeing in research is you don't necessarily have to do that. You could literally do a BFR training day that would be a light load intensity, but yet still tax challenge muscles and metabolically promote more muscle recovery than just sitting on your ass and doing nothing. So it's actually something really great to look for high intensity uh, athletes that are really trying to hit max performance with their sport activity. You should be using BFR for training on down days when you are recovering because it will actually speed your recovery process up. And with some of the more recent research done on low intensity BFR training, over a four to six week time period, the research is showing a 10 to 20% increase in muscle strength just by adding this into your routine. So you're gonna see less soreness, better recovery after your exercises, plus greater strength gains, and greater hormone production naturally in your body, which a lot of those things have to be um, present, otherwise you can't strength train. So one thing I've talked to a couple of my older male patients, those in their 80s recently, that I know based on just their age, that they're having lower and lower testosterone levels uh, in their body just based on that aging process. There's a lot of other factors environmentally that affect our testosterone levels, but all these factors combined do result in a more difficult ability for men to build and maintain muscle mass. If you don't have proper hormone levels in your body, you can't build but so much muscle mass. And, and this goes into the, the situation which some of my patients are dealing with now, is I work out three to four days a week, I have my routine, I go to the gym, I've been doing this for years, but I notice I can't lift the same amount of weights I did last year or two years ago, that there's this slow perpetual weakening process occurring, even though there's still strength training. And partly that is due to a hormonal change over time. 
Uh, some individuals will have greater changes in a short duration than others. Some people tighter lower on hormone levels in a longer duration, and some people tighter down very fast for unusual reasons. Um, some can be endocrine system-based problems. Some can be environmental-based problems. Um, but hormone levels can definitely be a factor that affects your ability to continually gain strength. So looking into your hormone levels is a great option. But realize with the BFR that the cuffs are helping increase your natural hormone levels by utilizing them with a workout. So if the idea of hormone replacements or going down the road of checking your hormone levels with a blood test are not something you want to consider doing, then maybe just going the route of BFR training to start with and see if adding that metabolic stressor with your exercise will be enough of an increase in hormone regulation that you can start to get over that hump of inability to improve my overall strength or improve my overall um, lifting abilities if there's a certain weight amount you'd like to be able to do. Um, and you know, you can think about this in another light. Uh, this is probably a more relevant thing to my patient population down here with aging, your driving distance. Now, granted, there's multiple factors that come into play when we're talking about driving a golf ball uh, from the tee box. You've got mobility issues, you've got neurologic uh, timing issues, and you have strength issues that all play a, pack, uh, a fact factor when it comes to hitting a golf ball more effective, effectively. However, I can promise you if hormone levels are dropping and you're not exercising and your strength is dropping, your drive distance, your shot distance in uh, golf is going to perpetually go down. And it's gonna go down till you give up on golf. I mean, that's what I've seen with some people I've worked with is they will start in their 60s with retirement with a drive distance of close to 200 yards. By their 70s, that will be down to about a buck 60, a buck 70. And by they hit their 80s, they're maybe 140 yards. And at that point, they just don't even find fun in golfing anymore and they just wanna quit altogether. I've always found that to be such an unfortunate reality for so many. Um, I've joked to some of them and said, why don't you just go up in the tee box? Don't wanna do it. Um, the other option is we've gotta look at some strength training. We've gotta look at your hormones. Um, also protein consumption. If you don't have your hormones right, if you're not consuming enough protein for muscle building, if you're not resistance training, and lastly, if you're not sleeping well, your, your, your solutions for getting in shape and getting stronger and feeling better are going to fall short. Um, and I think that's where the BFR technology for strength training really has a, a unique role. Um, if hormones are part of your problem, it's going to help with that. If joint breakdown or prior injuries are your problem, we can work around that with a low load. If, you know, the soreness, fear, or the issue you've had with strength training and feeling terrible afterwards is an issue, that's all taken care of. So there's so many, I'll say, excuses that I hear that limit people with strength training and trying to benefit their body's abilities uh, that are removed when we train with BFR. So I do think it's something that people don't know about that should, that have aspirations, goals, hopes, to get stronger with life and to physically feel better. Um, I don't think I've ever had a patient tell me, because of my high strength level, I'm unable to do something. It just never happened. Um, I have had more times than I care to admit, have patients not be able to do things because they are not strong enough to do something or they hurt because there isn't enough body strength to support or stabilize something that needs to be stable while something else moves. Uh, those are all very, very common issues that I see and deal with. 
And I do feel that the BFR strength training is a great option to bridge that gap and to get people that truly want to get stronger, that truly want to feel better about their body and to potentially look better as well, uh, an option and, a, and, an, a, and, and an angle to go at to get those uh, goals that they seek so much uh, without having any negative repercussions from it. So if you're down here in Naples and you are a individual that has been limited on exercise due to pain, has been limited on the exercise due to joint breakdown, or have been training and are not happy with your progress, you have plateaued with training, I am the person to call to incorporate BFR into your workout routines. And I do think just one to two days a week adding BFR training with your current routine will be enough to see substantial gains. And hopefully you can be one of those stats in the study that I said earlier with a 10 to 20% increase in strength in four to six weeks. I hope everyone has a great day. Keep moving, keep grooving, feel great out there, and don't be afraid to lift a little weight. Take care, everybody. Until next time, have a great day.